Welcome back to We Are Utah Podcast, where we bring you weekly episodes of the best in the Beehive State. Simply put, this is where we live. And this is where you stay connected. Stay connected. Because together, we We are are Utah. Utah. And now your hosts, Jordan Wheeler and Braden Floyd. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Braden. Um, we are at this beautiful location called Bre- uh, Utah Brewing, and we are with the owner Carson Foss here. He is a Utah brewery owner, an ice hockey coach, married with two kids, and he's got a great story to tell us. And so, welcome, Carson. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. So I think, dude, let's just jump right into it. Like, what? What inspired you to open this brewery? What were you doing beforehand, and what led to you getting to open Utah? Well, first of all, I love breweries, going to them in my off time. Uh, before this, uh, I grew up in Utah, left for 10 years, uh, was an airline pilot for about 12, and just traveling the country and hitting a brewery in almost every single state, I kind of really enjoyed them. And uh, while I was living in Arizona, there was a bunch of breweries, and kind of, you know, you'd work hard and fight to get there as soon as you could to get the best seat and hang out for the night. And I moved back to Utah, and um, in northern Utah, there was only one brewery to choose from with a ton of people. Uh, and so by seeing that void and just wanting another location to go to, um, I kind of just started thinking, you know, let's open one in northern Utah. So that's kind of what led me to do that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you think about just like northern Utah and you think about Ogden specifically. Yes. There, there's only, there still is only like five breweries where you go like most rest of the country yeah, and little cities are smothered in them, right? Yep. But there was, when you guys opened, I think there was Roosters, right? There was Roosters and Talisman Was Talisman open? open? Yeah. yeah. Right when I started like the planning of this. So I was technically like the third, the third. or maybe fourth. I can't remember if um, Zalupa's, I can't remember exactly Oh, when I forget opened, about, but, yeah, I forgot about those um, guys. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we were... For how big Ogden is, especially north of Kaysville, to only have one, two, three, or four, or five, yeah. there's there's a lot of room. And that, that was my goal, is to be able to go to a brewery and with my family. So this yep. is one of the only family-friendly breweries you'll find in the state, because um, me, my wife, all my neighbors and friends, to not have to find a sitter to go have a beer. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I wanted to do. So, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, because yeah, they make it. Yeah, they make it tough here in Utah. So, what year was that when you opened? We opened in March of 2019, and then we started the planning process at the end of 17. So it was like almost two years in planning. Uh, it's so. not. It's not been that long then. No, yeah, this March will be three years. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful yeah. location. I love the look and everything you've done for listeners. I mean, there's long, giant wood tables. What would you call this? It's live maple. edge. Maple, live edge maple. Yep. It looks awesome. Did you hand make this? Uh, my <laughs> partner Jack did. So it was my idea, and then I kind of threw it on him, and he Googled, a, watched a YouTube video on how to basically float a table with resin and hook them together, and after some trial and error, he, he did it. Yeah, so come in and check out this amazing table. Cause yeah, and your view is awesome, too, because the uh, one thing that I think separates you guys a lot is that you can see the beer being made right behind the bar at Utah um, and watch the brewers going to work. Like, we've been here. We're not quite open yet, but we've been here for a half hour, and I've watched brewers running around making beer, which is awesome. Was that always part of the goal? Yeah. Was to put that, like, visualization of, like, the hard work? Yeah, that, that when I went around the country and watched all these breweries, that's what I'd like to go do on my overnights. I loved the breweries that I could see what was going on. And mm-hmm. so when we were designing this, my goal was to be able to have, when the customer comes in, whether they're eating dinner or just having a beer, uh, they can walk around and look down in the brewery or look at, they can see, touch, smell, talk to the brewers, and 
it just makes them feel like part of the, the process. Yeah, um, I think the yeah. biggest thing is the smell. Like, yes. if you love beer, yeah. it smells like beer, right, <laughs> yes. when you walk in. Yeah, like, that was an aroma. So. Are you yeah. guys brewing today? So yeah. is that usually only on the brewery days, or is that, like, every day that kind of um, that aroma sticks it, around? Mostly, it's, you get the brewery smell, like the malt, the grain on the brewery days. Yeah. And then days that we're dry hopping or dumping hops, you get a ton of aroma from citra hops and, yeah. and other tropical flavors we use. So you kind of get different aromas every day. I can sit in my office and know kind of what's going on because I, cool. I can smell it. Yeah. So it's, it's cool, and that was the goal is to That's make rad. you feel... You can see 100% of the operation from brewing, um, fermentation, cellaring, packaging. You can see it all. So. so I don't think you, like, necessarily need a tour to see everything, but do you offer tours, or does it, like, when a guest wants to look at them, do you let them walk up there? Or is there anything like that allowed? Um, we do do tours. With Since COVID, it's been kind of difficult because people really don't want to do groups. But yeah. uh, before that, yeah, we, we recommended larger than 10, and we've done up to 50. Uh, so And we're doing them again. So if, if people want to do a tour, you know, just in. Email us at info at utahbrewing.com and we'll set it up. So, Do you ever let them get hands-on let her uh, pour the grain or anything like that? Um, only if I know you. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> stupid sense. OSHA safety laws yeah, kind yeah. of prohibit that. But you yep. can literally reach out and talk to anybody. So if you're here having a burger and you see Brett's Brewing or myself, you can walk up and ask us any questions. We love yeah, talking dude, about I've it. Known, I've known Brett for such a long time. That's awesome that you have him in. So is he is he like a full-time brewer? That's yes. all he's doing? Yeah. He, like learned how to brew and everything? Yeah. I think he's past the learning part. He's doing really good. He's That's probably awesome. done almost 100 batches. Um, I, did I didn't know he was time. doing that. I've yeah. met him over... I think I met him at Wingnuts when I was a beer guy, when I was mm-hmm. delivering beer. And he worked at And then I've kind of watched him pop around for like bout time. And then all of a sudden I seen him over here on Facebook. Facebook, and he's been here for a while now, right? On Facebook, that's what it was looking like. Yeah, I know he worked uh, at Epic in the packaging, yeah. and then he reached out to me. It was May of 19, uh, and said, hey, I want to brew. I want to do whatever you need me to do, and um, jumped in, and I don't think you could find a harder worker, more dedicated that's person. Awesome. And um, He listens and just does a phenomenal job. So That's rad. Yeah. I've noticed you guys are getting a lot more creative because obviously when you first opened, you were probably just trying to get everything open and whatnot, <laughs> yes. but now like the beer <laughs> creations are getting a lot more creative. I mean... Some of the beer, like that Son of the Peach, we sell that at our store over at Social Axe Throwing, and that one flies off the shelf. That one's a good one. And then so does the, like we were talking before the podcast, the coffee one. Yes, Senator. The Senator Coffee. Yeah. Or that one. Oh, man. That, like I said, that's a weird beer. Because, like, I just, I don't think coffee beers are that great. And that yeah. one, I love it. It's delicious. Yeah, it's deceiving because when you hear the word coffee, you think you're going to pour something that's dark. Yep. And you pour it, it's like a light lager. You yeah, know, it comes it, out like, I, that's, the way I just, that's the way I explain it. And I yeah. also explain, like, Keto's the same way. They yeah. have one as well. Yep. And, like, it's as clear as Bud Light, but it tastes like black coffee. So if you're a coffee fan, it's good stuff. Yeah, right? that's it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. crazy. So, when you had the idea of opening Utah, mm-hmm. uh, had you brewed beer before? Like, what's the process? And and then how did you choose your, you know, brews that you wanted? And has it slowly evolved? Like, can you take us through that whole process of what it was like? For sure. Yeah, um, when I moved back to Utah, I've been home brewing for almost ten years. Um, that's all I've done. And then my friend started Park City Brewery up in Park City, uh-huh. and so I was able to go up there and just like shadow them um, for almost a year and just pick their brain, help them can, help them brew, and just kind of watch that. And then I did a small like online certificate course with Portland State University. Yeah. And uh, it's a kind of they call it intro to craft brewing. So they do like a little bit of the business setup. They don't really dive into brewing, but this hit the basics of like how to get the business part of it going. Um, and then when I bought my brew house, they take you up to Portland for four days of training, like physically on the equipment and walk you through it. Cool. Um, the recipes and, and everything that you just asked about, about our beers, um, I've, most of them carried over from my homebrew. 
Uh, so it's basically okay. going from five or ten gallons and just scaling it up to you know five hundred. Um, obviously, we did some test batches at the beginning because lots of times it doesn't transfer over identically. Uh, so there is some trial and error. And then, um, like, Son of a Peach, Synergy, those we've created since we've opened. Like, I did not homebrew those. So is it just different because it's on a much larger scale than homebrewing and you're taking it here? Yeah, it's, um, it's the brewing process is the same. It's just, it's, it's funny. If I brew at home, it's five and a half hours. If I brew here, it's five and a half, six hours. It's just a lot bigger equipment. It, it flows faster. Right. Um, and these commercial brew houses are a lot more efficient. And so getting the efficiency dialed in versus home brewing versus commercial, yeah. that's where the change is, you know, do we need more of this product or less of this and to get it kind of where we want it. Because that every brew house is different no matter where you go. And so just finding that efficiency is uh, is what takes the time. So, so I imagine you did a is there a lot of like trial and error? Like you made some terrible <laughs> batches of beer and uh, just threw it all out? Mostly at home, because I can throw away 10 gallons instead of 500. Yeah. Um, out of the, I'd have to ask Brett, but I think we're on our 190th, right around, we're just almost at our 200th brew. Yeah. We might have passed our 200. We're really close to that. We've only had to dump two. Uh, and nice. we know the problems, what happened, and it was easy identifiable, and we do through all kinds of checks. Basically, from the day we brew until the day we package it, it gets tasted by somebody probably every 24 to 48 hours. Um, we check all the pH and um, gravities and make sure we're hitting right where we want to hit. And so if there is a problem, we identify it. You know, We'll never put that out. But um, I think we're doing a really good job for being brand new and not a lot of commercial experience yeah. to have that kind of efficiency. So, Huh. That's the, a lot of logistics. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, let's talk about, okay, so you made a comment saying that you are the only family-friendly brewery in the state, or one of the only? One of them. One um, of them? Yep. Yeah. What was that like, and I don't want to get you in trouble, but <laughs> what was that like going through the DABC process with the Department of Alcohol and making that that argument to say, like, hey, we're not a bar, we're a family restaurant, but, yeah, it's a brewery, you're going to yes. see the beer. Like, was that tough? You know what? Believe it or not, I went, before I opened, I was like having just nervous about working and the D, working with the DABC. But they, it was actually really easy. Like it was good. Nothing. We never had any surprises. Um, it. The thing that is tough in Utah is they make you choose: Are you a bar yep. or are you a restaurant? Yep. There's no in between. Um, and they really need in the future to get like a brewery license because yeah. um, not we're not a nightclub. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. we're not. Applebee's. Right. So they, they have to find some common ground, and I think it's going to happen in the future because, right, when we were opening, when I wanted to open in 2017, there was like 21 breweries in the state. If we Google it now, there's probably in the 50s. That's so and crazy. And all of these breweries are in the same position. Am I a brewery and I'm a bar and I'm just going to have food trucks, or do I bite the bullet and build a restaurant? Right. Yeah. And it, it makes, it's, a, it's one extreme to the other, and they really need to find some common ground. So Moving forward, that's one thing I really hope that, you know, brewers can push and we can find some common ground so that you can have, like, a brewery license where you can yeah. still bring your kids. You can have a beer without buying food. As I say, you um, have to buy food here, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have some, you know, toasted almonds, so it's not expensive. But yep. if you come here and you have a beer, yes, you have to have food because we're a restaurant. And, right. And that's one of the yeah. craziest things, and not to say the wrong thing, but that's one of the, like... For lack of better words, craziest Karen moments I've seen from Karen? folks. Yeah, they just come in and they're like, "I have to buy food," and you're like, "Listen, I got a two dollar option. It's a state law. Yes. It is what it is. Yep. You know, I'm sorry, but it is what it is." Yeah. And so yeah, I've noticed that's 
it's tough on some places. I was sitting at Wing Nuts one day, and some guy came unglued on the bartender while I was getting wings because <laughs> yeah. he had to buy celery. Yeah. And she was like, "It's ninety nine cents, but you have to buy food." Yep. And craziest rule. Craziest rule. It is tough. I, I I think it'll happen. I mean, nothing happens fast, but yeah. it, it's got to because with fifty something breweries and everybody, you know, probably thinking kind of the same thing. We need something yeah. different. It, I think it will. Well, and with our well. population growing at the rate it is, and everybody moving here, like, people are so used to so many other operations from, like, California to New York and stuff. So they're yes. coming here, and they're like, what? Like, yes. this is odd. Yep. And, I mean, I think we've got, I think they just changed most of the people on the board at DABC. You're not most of them, like, the head person, I think. So Yes. And she, I think she came in saying she has some new ideas to make things yeah. easier. So hopefully. What about, so I know you have a patio, right? Uh-huh. Same thing. That has a weird DABC law on it right now, doesn't it? You can't well, use we, that full time. Well, we actually last year, um, beginning of 2021, we were able to just get the restaurant extended. So oh, it's nice. basically just like you're in here now. So That's yes, awesome. you have to have food with your beer. Um, but it's the when we first opened, we just had like a, a, a special event. Yeah, you had like six Saturdays that you could do it, right? Like Correct. We, I remember coming to like two Saturdays, and you were like, "You can't do this until next weekend." Yeah. Because we, like, we're going to come back tomorrow. Oh wait, wait, yeah. next Saturday. So yeah. yeah. So um, at the beginning of this year, we were able to just extend our restaurant, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, same rules apply, so it doesn't matter if you're sitting outside or inside; you follow the same rules. Yeah. And uh, the patio has been amazing. When we found this location. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's on 24th and Grant, and our basic patio overlooks the right outfield of the Raptors baseball field. Yep. And so it's the largest patio in Ogden. I've got a playground out there because, once again, family-friendly. It's going out of state and hanging out with my friends, and we show up to a bar, and there's a playground so my kids can play while yeah. I have a beer. It is amazing. And yeah. like every time I run into somebody, whether it's a hockey or the grocery store, they're like, oh, my God, my kids were playing, and I had a beer. It was awesome. We're there every weekend. And yeah. it's I'm really happy that it's, it's turned out that way. It's, it's a beautiful a fun, so. view off the back. I mean, yeah. you can look right at home plate and watch the whole game. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't have I don't have any children, but like going to a baseball game, I could imagine sitting in the oh, things I and do. your kids are going crazy. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, I wish there was something for you to do. So having the playground, yep. you can still have your beer and watch your game. That's that's nice. Yeah, that's it works enjoyable. good. And we don't really do we do reservations during baseball games because uh, so people can make a plan. Uh, so any home game of the Raptors, you can get on our website and you can reserve a table, whether it's four six. Uh, nice. Whatever you want to do. So, do those get booked pretty quickly? At, at first, no. But once the word got out, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were filling up pretty fast, and um, which is perfect because then people can make a plan. They know they can sit there and, yeah. and watch the game. So, yeah, because I, I came here for lunch for the first time, and I was just kind of walking around and looked yeah. out back, and I thought, man, this would be a great date night for me and my wife, and bring the kids. They can run around and play. So, yeah, uh, it's something that. I haven't done yet, but want to do. I, I didn't even know that there was a patio back there. Yeah. I just parked, you know, on the side alley here yep. and then kind of walked around and saw it. So it's a it's a cool setup. Yeah, our know. building's, uh, it's more long than it is wide. So we're, we're just over yeah. 10,000 square feet. And that's why whenever I greet somebody when they walk in, I always say, like, hey, you want to walk around while you're waiting for your table? Or, you know, feel free to walk around. Go explore. We've got a full... Uh, beer store in the back, so you can walk in and buy beer to go, just like you're at the liquor store. We can sell our high points and cool. all of our canned beer. So, um, if you don't want to come eat, you just want to go grab some beer for the weekend. It's open seven days a week. So, yeah. um, to get people to walk out there and check everything out has been perfect. That's awesome. So, I'm I'm kind of interested in your transition of careers. Yes, um, because air, airline pilot. I know it takes a long time to become. Yes. And it's probably pretty rigorous on the schedule and being away from family. So, like, what was your thought of, of making that switch and how difficult was it with 
with your family and and everything? Did you just go cold turkey and quit it and start this? Or what was the process behind that? Because that's always fascinating to me, especially if you're an airline pilot. Yeah. Like, you had to know at some point, I want to fly airplanes. And then... It was tough. Um, yeah. The, what happened... Uh, well, I, while I was flying for 10 years, my wife was going to medical school. So I kind of followed her around the country for medical school, residency. And then when we got back to Utah... She's got an awesome job. You know, she's yeah. working a ton, you know, like, like doctors do. And Did you guys have kids at this point? We or? just had a kid right when she started. And okay. so at this point, I'd been where she's been working. We've had no kids. And, you know, me being gone uh, 14 to 18 days a month, not a big deal. Now that we got home, have kids, she's working. I'm seeing her four days a month. Yeah. And so after about six or seven months of this, um, we're like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, do I want my kids to be raised in daycare or by, you know, grandma or a, a right. live-in nanny? And the answer was no. And so at that time, with her good job and good schedule, we were fortunate enough, like, I didn't have to have the money. And so I'm like, okay, I'll be the stay-at-home dad for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm just too antsy. I can't sit still. <laughs> and so the second I did that, you know, I was like, what can I do? You know, there's the solar was booming. I was like, well, maybe solar. No, I don't want to do that. And I've been homebrewing forever. And my buddy's like, Hey, come up to park city, check this out. So I did that. And that kind of like, and the, since we moved back in 2014, we would always, we're really proud of Ogden and we yeah. would take our friends to Ogden when they come in from California or Arizona or wherever they came in from. And once they came, we would go out in Ogden and after like two stops we were like well let's go to salt lake that's about all we got yeah and yeah, you know yeah. it when it was the service it's just um i wanted that's one reason i'm like let's open a brewery in ogden not only because we didn't have them but i want when people walk in they make immediate eye contact with the host hey how are you doing whether it's an hour wait or no wait just talk to them let them know what's going on and when they sit down get them a beer within five minutes um so yeah. many times i would sit down and 20 minutes later we don't have anything right and i'm like let's fill that void let's have awesome customer service and uh, so that's kind of where I spun it with my wife. So we quit so the kids wouldn't have to be alone. That's, that's number one that, you know, and we could spend time together cause you can't get that back. Yeah. And then after six months of stay at home dad, I'm like, can we do the brewery? <laughs> She's like, yeah, let me do that. Yeah. Um, but owning a business is a lot of work. Like it's 24 seven, you're on your computer. Um, if something breaks, you got to run down, you know, is it harder than being a stay at home dad though? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Kids don't, so employees listen better than kids. Sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, they're both hard, um, both rewarding. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a, it's a tough balance, you know, cause you open in, um, like when you open social acts, you, yeah. you really don't know what it's going to be till it happens. Yeah. And then as soon as you open, they throw a pandemic in your face. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so man. now you're obligated to not only all your employees, but your lease and the, I feel like the community, because like that was my goal is to be a staple in Ogden. Like if people come here, I want them to be proud of it, take people here. Um, I like want my beer to distribute all yeah. around the state. And and when we found that was Coleman and we had to close down, I mean, yeah. weren't you terrified? Like, oh, it was horrible. Yeah. That was like the most nerve wracking thing. And then I was, for lack of better words, just naive as can be thinking it was only going to be two weeks. And then it just turned into two months and then it turned into what we're in now. Yes. Like it just Still kept here. going and going yeah. and going. It was it was completely nerve-wracking. Yeah, to keep leases. Like, we ended up, yeah, we ended up, our Orem store got eaten up. Like, I couldn't keep that one alive. I was yeah. like, we got to pick the two that are still doing fantastic, and we kept yep. Salt Lake and Ogden. And, yeah, and then trying to keep staff and trying to keep everything afloat. It's tough. It and was then crazy. And as soon as you get some traction, the news comes out, and it's a different story, and yeah. now you lose all your traction. Yeah. And so, like, and you're, how long you guys been open? So we've been open since 2017. So we were open, and our first location was right over here on Washington Boulevard yeah. in about 1,700 square feet, very tiny. Yeah. 
and we moved over to the new one that we're at now okay. and probably have the same story as you. Dropped all the money, made the beautiful store. Yep. COVID hit. Like, we had a couple good months, and then that was corona. We were setting up for our giant one-year anniversary party. Yeah. And then I remember two this. Because we were going to bring the trailer you, out. You were going to yeah. bring the trailer, and we're going to have throw axes. Yep. It was March. It was St. Patty's Day of 19. Or, sorry, of 20. Yep. And, um... Then March 18th, they closed the state, and we had an earthquake that morning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my like, oh my gosh, we had an earthquake. This is really happening. And I get here, and the earth has stopped shaking, and there's no one out in the streets. And I'm like, so yeah, we have this business, and now we're closed. And so it's been a really rough, like, two and a half years, but we've been able to grow. Like, yes, we had that pause during the shutdown, but it's been steady. Um, you know, we learn, like you listen to your customers, yep. what they don't and do and don't like. You make the changes in the food, you make the changes in the beer, you make the changes in the schedule, and yep. you appeal to them and what they want. And that's one reason I think we've, we've actually been able to grow during all of this. Like our distribution has increased every single month. Right. Our foot traffic in here has increased other than, you know, when we were forced to close. And uh, I think it's just paying attention to the customer, listening when they complain and making those changes is one yeah. thing that we focus on a lot. Yeah. So. I drive this road almost every night heading home. Yeah. I don't even know why. I just yeah. do. I like this one. Yeah. And I feel like every time I look in your guys' kit, in your guys' dining area, it's a madhouse. Yeah, yeah. Most nights of the week, I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. You're getting hit. That's yeah. crazy. And it, it's, it's awesome. It's good. I mean, obviously, yeah. when people are here working, they're like, oh, man, we're too busy. This is so much work. But that's what we want. Like, yeah. deep down, they that's love what, it. And then yeah. that's what it's about. So It's way better than working a slow shift. There's nothing worse than, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my our gosh. Mondays in Ogden are usually pretty slow. And it's yeah. like their star staff just bored out of their mind. Yep. And then, like, Tuesday through Saturday, they're like, yeah, I love it. Get it busy <laughs> like this every day. You yep. Know? So I'm a real estate agent. And a lot of people are talking about house prices and how crazy they're getting mm-hmm. and you know, we talk to different agents and say, I just feel like Utah's been behind for so long mm-hmm. in the housing market that it's kind of getting up to where it is and we, we're just not used to it. I also feel like Utah's been behind as far as um, places like Brewery or yeah. Braden Social like Specifically like Ogden too. Yes. So, yeah, it's good to see like you two partnering up and doing things. But do you, do you see that happening more in Ogden? Because I'm kind of along the lines of you i love like the ogden area i grew up here and you have powder mountain and snow basin and those were always the resorts that i went snow or uh snowboarding and skiing at and you know people always talk about the salt lake ones but where do you see like the vision of ogden because to me it's like you had a you had uh someone out of state working for you like and I asked her, "What's what's your vision of Ogden?" She's like, "It's just a cool ski town." Yeah. Like, yeah. what do you what do you see it in the next five, ten years becoming? Well, hopefully they they have obviously have to keep building, uh, whether it's houses or apartments or condos, because a lot of people are moving in, like you just said. Yeah. Like, you, I used to be able to leave here at two to beat the traffic to go get my kids. It's busy at two o'clock. Like, yeah. yeah. It's whether you're on I-15 or Harrison or Washington Boulevard. It is getting busier. Harrison's you, a nightmare. You, yes, you <laughs> yeah. you can't ignore that. Um, just like Braden probably saw when he opened his business, um, just everybody's moving to Ogden because number one, you can do every single sport in the world except for surfing within 25 minutes. Yeah, and like, there's and there's the indoor surfing uh, yes. over yeah. here. So you count <laughs> indoor. I know the surfing yeah. like that doesn't count, but yeah. anyway, um, the sport aspect, yeah. being close to the outside, it's affordable. Um, it's Except for last summer, great weather. You know, all the fires. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. usually great weather, and hopefully we'll get some snow. Hopefully we'll get some um, snow. Friday. we got to keep Pray the for snow. We don't, want, we don't want more people coming in. Right. So. Um, and then the one thing is 
when I was thinking to open this in 2017, we were underserved. We needed more breweries. We needed more restaurants. We needed more bars. We needed more social events like social acts or, you know, whatever activities to get people out of the house, whether it's outside or doing an event. And it is growing. Uh, I know, like, in the 90s, Ogden was just a ghost town. They were basically yeah. giving buildings away to get yeah. businesses down there. But they've really cleaned it up. I know the road in front of my place is brand new. They're putting brand new roads in front of you. Um, they've done art all over the city. Um, like, it, compared to 10 years ago, it's so much safer, cleaner. I agree. Um, they're, they're pushing people to get here, and they brought in all kinds of outdoor sporting companies. So the Amerisports and, well, there's probably 15 different yeah. um, vendors. Ba- is it Baku, the new bike yeah. place that's back in that just moved in across the freeway? Yes. That so, just popped up. Yeah, the sporting and, events, stuff like you were saying. Is yeah. And with all those growing. companies coming in, they bring people. These yeah. people are probably the ages between 24 and 35 they probably have four-year degrees they're mostly outdoor and that's exactly who goes to breweries and throw axes yep. and does these other fun events so right. seeing that void and i think Augur's going to keep growing i mean since i was in high school here 15 20 years ago they always talk about having the tram that would go from downtown ogden I, up to the top I of the wish that'd be so oh. cool if we did that it would be uh, it i would, wish it'd be the be place the place <laughs> yeah. to go so who knows if it's going to happen? I haven't heard anything, but being so close to Snow Basin and Powder Mountain, you know, we try to partner with them. We're, we're lucky this year. We have the most tap handles at Snow Basin. Uh, we did a really good job nice. with them last year. The beer goes, so we've got, I think, seven handles up there this year. Uh, Powder Mountain, they're having their employee party here tonight, so we're shutting down at Sweet. 4 for them. Um, like, w- Can we, we come? <laughs> well, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we... we like I talked to Braden a lot. I know with COVID, we've tried to help each other a couple times, like with gift card yep. ideas or promotions yeah, yeah. or getting people in the door. We've wanted to have an event, but we just haven't had the timing with, yeah. the, with the structure. So it's not if it's going to happen, it's when. Right. Um, but, you know, I've, Lucky Slice helps. I talk to Slackwater all the time, Roosters. Like anytime we have a problem we'll, or, or an idea, we can always spitball, and everybody's so awesome to help or make an event or do something. Yeah. And I feel like and, that's. I think it's definitely an Ogden thing. But I feel it's like, like it's also a Utah a Utah thing because like yeah. Salt Lake, they all do that as well right. too, and it's great. Like all the breweries kind of help out restaurants, and then up here, same concept, and it's fantastic to see um, to play on that a little bit. How has it been in the brewery community? Which I imagine is great, but mm-hmm. yeah, you've had there's five of you that like popped up overnight. Like yeah. it was like within two years, and you guys all been working well together. Have you guys ever? Have you guys ever brewed beers together and co-branded or anything like that? Or um, I did the first collab I did with Ogden was Zulupes. Oh yeah, uh, we did that Mandarina Kolsch, yep. and it's ended up being one of our biggest sellers. Um, is so that we, still going then? Or are you brewing it yourself, or is it still? A I'm still brewing it. I don't think he is, oh, okay. um, but uh, we are. It's doing really well. And um, and then when Ogden River Brewery opened, we did a hazy IPA for them to help fill up their draft, draft handles, and that went really well. Uh, have not brewed with roosters yet, but whenever I run out of grain or have an inventory problem or vice versa, you know, they're always, oh, yeah, I've got this. Let me help you. Nice. You know, I'm missing this part. Yeah. Uh, so really helpful. Um, they always, when they throw events in the past before COVID, you know, always invited, get us all everybody here. And, no, total welcome. If I have any kind of technical question or need a part or need supplies, everybody bends over backwards to help us. So Yeah, and I feel like um, you guys all have such beautiful venues, too, that it's it's... Yeah, it's not did. necessarily like I'm. I'm, I'm just yeah. speaking on my theory of it, but I don't think it's competitor-wise. It's like sometimes I'm gonna go have a beer at Roosters. Sometimes yeah. I'm gonna have a beer at Utah. Like I don't feel like it's like I don't drink there. There's yeah. none of that. You know and what I, I mean? So yeah. and I forgot to shout out to Talisman too. Obviously, yeah, and Talisman. My, my mind's going blank. But yeah, we did um, last Halloween or Halloween Valentine's Day. Um, we did the. It's a. I want to say bloody Kolsch, but it was a it was a Kolsch 
a German kiss. Okay. So it was Kolsch with a hint of uh, chocolate into it. Nice. And um, it turned out really good. We did like a limited batch, seven barrels, so they kept half, we kept half, and I think we're out in like 10 days. Um, nice. Wow. That's but awesome. Yeah, um, it was a really good beer. So we've done every, a collab with everybody but Roosters, and, you know, in the future, if something comes up for an event or if they want to do something, we're, we'd love to. So it, those collab beers really, I think, help because everybody's excited to taste it, so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on some because I'm, I'm watching your your cook back there cooking some food. So <laughs> you talked on being an airline pilot and you brew at home, but the restaurant, I mean, that's got to be a whole new animal for you, right? Like for me, we don't do a full restaurant. We have snack food and we do like pizzas and wings. Yes, and that was an animal for me. So I can't imagine full restaurant at opening. Yes, without much history of it, right? So yeah, can you talk about that a little bit. I'm not gonna take any credit for the restaurant. Um, <laughs> we hired a general manager that's in restaurants before and brought in a really good chef. And to my surprise, I mean, I, I expected it, but the restaurant exploded because with beer, it takes time. Like like you said, when we brewed the first one, is it exactly what I wanted? No. Yeah. You, you take your notes, you correct it, you get it better with time. And you don't get that immediate um, result. With restaurants, you can come in um, and sit down and you get a meal and you, you either happy or you're not. Well, Minus the first two weeks of opening and you know figuring things out, um, our food's been amazing. Really high rated. Uh, we Your have fish and chips is. Yes. So I came for lunch and yeah, we just did. I was gonna get pasta or fish and chips and asked your waitress. Yeah. I said, what should I get? And she said, fish and chips. And I think it's the best fish and chips I've had in Utah, at least. That's yeah. why I hear all the time. Um, I had the French dip and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And our Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, um, the buffalo mac and cheese bites of the appetizer, our wings, like they always, they do like, it's not an official, but they always do like the best wings of Ogden and we're always one or two. Yeah. Um, but the food has been amazing. Attention to detail. We have a small menu, probably 14 items, but we focus the quality on those 14. Um, like when I opened, I wanted to open a brewery, right? But back to our conversation, if I'm a restaurant, like we toyed with the idea, do we just have a popcorn machine? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or do we have quality food that people want to come and sit down? And that's the direction we went. Like I think I, that was a winning answer right there. Yeah, I, yeah. So many it's people I know, they're like, I'm going to, to dinner at Utah yeah. all the time. Like my buddy, he brought his wife here just, I think, a couple weeks ago for their 30th and mm-hmm. loved it. So yeah. it was awesome. So Yeah, it's it's been so much fun. And um, just like the beer, we, we listen to what people say. We're always trying to improve. Um, make you know we have daily specials and we have nightly specials. Uh, our Sunday brunch has been amazing. Uh, it, we used to have like nine items on it, but during the pandemic, we've been it's been tough to get product in. So it's getting better now. We're we're bringing we're adding two more items this week, so people will be really happy. But our Sunday brunch, our Sundays are as busy as Fridays. Uh, people are lining up at ten thirty. Uh, they get their Synergy coffee lager. We got yep. a Bloody Mary bar, and um, it's. Yeah, Sunday, if you haven't been here for the, the brunch, it's amazing. So when you started the restaurant, you said you hired somebody on. Did that person come in and was like, had ideas and cooked you some food? Or did you just give them a budget and say, go to work and make it happen? Or It was a little bit of both because I said, hey, tell me what you can do. And so we talked about menus. We talked about setting up the bar, how the layout goes, what type of food we should have, what are the costs on these food. Um, one limiting factor we have here is the size of our kitchen. It's probably... 1,100 square feet, maybe. Yeah. Excuse me one sec. Um, And so being able to buy the equipment to cook the menu that has to be a certain size was kind of our our handcuff. Right. And so that's why our menu is small, but we've got some really good items. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, they... 
um, helped me set up the design of the kitchen, the equipment we needed, the menus, how many employees we're going to have, what point of sale system. Because at, when this was going on, I was back there putting together a brew house, learning how to do recipes, because um, I wanted to do distribution. And so to be able to do both at once, I could not do. Right. Yeah. Um, now that we've like grown and I've had two and a half years, I can kind of be more of like a general manager and kind of hover above both and kind of help both out. So. I was going to say, have you had to get in there and make something yet? <laughs> yeah. Being, being an owner, it's like jack of all trades. Like Before you know it, you're, you're kind only, of a low-budget chef, right? You're like, all right, <laughs> got to make this work. <laughs> I've only done salad station twice, and I've uh, cleaned dishes a couple times. So, gotcha. But, nice. uh, yeah, if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. So. That's right. So what, what's the process of, like, keeping items on the menu, take them off? Because I came and had truffle fries, <laughs> yes. and they're no longer on <laughs> There. So he was very, he was awkwardly I, upset about it. I was, and I was like, dude, let it go. Well, they were so good, and so I was like, I'm gonna. If we do a podcast, I'm gonna ask him about the truffle fries so and actually, how to get those back on actually, the menu. We had that in the meeting last week, and the answer is, does somebody want to pay like eleven or twelve dollars for fries because they've yeah. increased the price of truffle oil, yeah, and they've increased the price of the truffle salt, mm. and so we were technically losing money. On, on the fries. fries. And then if you bump the price up, you get a lot more flack than not having it. Yeah, and yeah. so it's a really tough yeah. um, decision as a business owner. Like, well, we're, how do you want to get yelled at? Do you want to get right. yelled at by not having it? Or do you want to put it on there and lose money? Yep. So I, I think we're going to run it as specials. But it just it was too complicated and, and too expensive to keep it that same price. Yeah, like so. truffle fries this Friday come in. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep, yeah. You guys do that a lot. I notice on, like, on your Instagram, I see it a lot where you guys have like specialty items right where it's just like we're gonna try this today yes and that looks i mean all the food i'm on your instagram right now and it all looks delicious i haven't made it in to try any of these creative ones but yeah i noticed you guys play that a lot you so you just give pretty much open freedom to your to your chef or yeah. your, your general manager for your restaurant and yeah my executive chef chris and yeah. then he's also got um leisha and mike in there and then alex is here in the morning um, they, they all brainstorm together because, you know, if we do two a day, that's about 60 a month. And so for one person to come up with 60 creative items is kind of tough. Yeah. So they definitely share the love and, they, you know, they, they all come up with really good, amazing ideas yeah. and uh, to try to draw people in. So, yeah. I, so this whole time you've been talking, I've, I've been trying to kind of wrap my head around on how you manage your own personal life yeah. because <laughs> I coach high school basketball, real estate, podcast, dad. Yes. So there's times where it's just like I f- you feel so spread thin. Yep. I'm sure I'm not nearly as busy as you are <laughs> running a restaurant and a brewery and coaching ice hockey and dadding and, yeah. and doing this. So, like, how do you balance your life and and – when you feel there's times where it's just like, I, I got to slow down, What's, what are some techniques that you use? Because I yes. think Braden and I yeah. as business owners and, yeah. uh, you know, a real estate agent, it, there's, there's things that you can do to definitely help. Yes. What, what, do you, what have you learned that have worked, has worked for you so far? Um, well, number one is have your mom live close to you. <laughs> uh, so no, my mom does help out a lot. She takes the kids at least a day and a half a week. And, you know, if we have those emergencies where we have to run in to work, yeah. someone's close to cover or a neighbor. Um, well, the, the, for me, it starts with this communication with your wife. Um, when we open this, we didn't have the best communication on how busy I'm going to be. And obviously she's working almost 80 hours a week as a, you know, doctor on call right. plus having patients. So being able to slow down and let's just choose Sunday, you guys sit down and plan out your week. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to expect. And then the other part of that is, um, you, you kind of have to learn to say no. Like, yeah. um, let's say I had 
five emails for podcasts next week, you know? Yeah. Uh, in my heart, I want to say yes to every single one. You know what I mean? But to be able to select and say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't. We're going to have to do it in two weeks or in three weeks. Being able to say no is, is a hard thing because as a business owner, as a friend or dad, you want to say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah. And so just being able to, as time goes on, like I'm not, I don't feel as guilty of saying no or be, being able to ask for help. Like pass, the, pass a duty off to somebody. You're going to have to trust them because at the end of the day, like if you ask an employee to do something, they're not going to do it your way. Right. It doesn't mean it's not wrong. And to, you're just going to have to say, okay, the job's done. Watch how it happens, you know, and it's going to be good. Um, And if they don't do it exactly the way you want, then coach them and do it again constructively and and go from there. So communicating with the spouse and then let it trickle down through employees is the biggest thing. We try to have a meeting every week. I I talk to my manager probably every day. Um, A good communication with the kitchen. Communication is number one, and then have a plan, and then be able to say no because if you keep saying yes, you're going to be loaded. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's how it was the first year we opened Social Acts. I was the yes man. You wanted us yeah. there. You wanted to make it happen. Yes. You wanted for fifty percent off. Yes. Like let's just get people in the door. And yeah, I had to basically learn all those lessons. And the the hardest one I think for me was like the employees do it and they do a great job and they get it done, but it's not exactly how I would do it. Yep. And I had to like start biting my tongue and my wife had to start telling me like, leave it alone. They did great. And I'm like, well, why didn't they do it just this little (laughs) tweak this way? You know? And it's like, that (laughs) that was a tough lesson. And then, yeah, same thing for that first year, the communication wasn't the greatest because I didn't know how busy I was going to be. Yep. And like, it just, it kind of blew our minds. Cause like my wife does part-time dental hygiene. Yep. And so she had a lot of time off and she was like, you are never home right first year because it was like we were just working 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 Work. trying to get this thing to launch so yeah i feel your i feel what you're saying on that where you're like the communication's key you've got to be able to say no and you got to trust your team yeah you know yeah without and you learn all that your first year or two and, and i'm still learning like we it i feel bad i have friends that wanted to come out and visit and i'm like um my next weekend that i have available is the third of january yeah you know and it's because we are planned out that far when it when you do her schedule my schedule kids schedule and then business schedule, and it, it just, and then you have to have time for yourself, like yeah, whatever yeah. you're into, mountain biking, skiing, yeah. going to the movies. Like you got to put some you time in there too, or you're going to go insane. So yep. um, that's just the biggest thing: have a plan, communicate, say no, and uh, that's that's kind of the direction we're going. And, and hire help that is good. Like I've got amazing salespeople, amazing executive chef, the GM, she's amazing, and you you just trust these people. They work yep. hard, and and then they're proud of the business because they love it that you're giving them the steering wheel and you trust them and they're doing a good job. So yep. yeah. And ever since I did, and like same thing. Ever since I did that, the, just it's remarkable how much the team will like take passion in it and just do a great job and love it because they have that control as well, where they can make these, the executive decisions and feel like they're running the show and doing a great job and it's awesome like yeah. that's like our my gms they do that and they love it man yeah you can see yeah, that think, they enjoy it i think the thing that sticks out to me is communication yeah because even when i started real estate is like you know my wife's like so what's your schedule and it's like i don't know yeah <laughs> and i'm sure that's how you were when yeah, you open like, your businesses it's like i don't know and so there's there's times where my wife you know wants me off my phone or off my computer yes. and it's at nine it's like well this is when people aren't working and this is when they contact me they don't contact me during the day they're at, yeah. they're at work yeah. but um we went to marriage counseling because there was 
something off, you know? Yeah. And I recommend anyone go to marriage counseling. We, we did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And Communication. He, he said, you know, one of the first things he said was have a family council yeah. at once a week. And so when you say you sit down every Sunday, yep. it's something that um, me and my wife try to do. Yep. And there's weeks that we don't do it. And yeah. you can tell the difference. Um, just sitting down and say, here's what I have. Yep. And for some reason, it makes everything go smoother. So... Um, it helps us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's weeks like that with like with my wife and I where, especially like November, December, like I try my best to let my team run the show and they do a great job. But they, we get so busy, like yeah. so busy in November, December, where like I'm I'm one call away, and so like I just tell my wife, I'm like these two months, like I'll make Christmas parties, but <laughs> right. like it's yeah. just crazy. Like I can't say I'm not going to be in the store. Like my GM Devin, she's always like, get out, get out, get out. I don't need you. I'm doing it. And I'm like, yeah, you're doing great. And then the next day, she's like, yeah, we just booked, like, four parties. We need you today. I'm like, guess I'm coming in. Sweet. All yeah. right. You know? And so, yeah, that's, like, we try to communicate like that as well. But, like, yeah, the Christmas season, it's kind of, like, all over the place. It's and then, right. Yeah, throw in holidays, yeah. like you said. It and, just gets a little once nuts. somebody gets sick, you know, if oh, your kid's yeah. sick, now you have no daycare. And now the whole week goes yes. up in a handbasket. Yeah. And then people are like, well, why can't you meet? Well, you want to bring my sick four-year-old? And Yeah. yeah. So that, those kind of things are tough. And you just do day by day. But, yeah. So. And I think talking like we were before the podcast it sounds like you just bit off more than you can chew because now you're an ice hockey coach right yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah my kid plays ice i played hockey forever and yeah. then um he's in the 8u so the eight and under program and um it's up at the ice sheet and yeah. it's an awesome event and there's actually 42 eight-year-olds this year and so i volunteered to help wow. and you're over that you're the head yeah, coach well there's i got uh seven eight other coaches that help but right. um yeah kind of i just kind of like put the schedules together and and teams, and then we all talk and help each other. But we do that Thursdays and Saturdays, and then they travel half the Saturdays, mostly in state, but there's a couple out of state. Um, but that, I mean, I asked my wife, should I do it? She goes, well, if you don't do it, you're going to be there anyway, and you're going to like be yeah, critiquing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you might as well do it. And I love doing it. It's so much fun. The coaches are so much fun. The kids, it's, it's, I never thought I'd know 42 names, but after like three <laughs> weeks, I know 42 names. Yeah. So you got, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. I love That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Is your kids so, loving it? Yeah, um, Evan. He he actually he's six, so he's one of the younger ones. But uh, yeah, he loves it. He looks forward to it. And then my brother coaches too, so his kid plays, and nice. they love each other. And um, a couple other coaches I played with when I was like twelve, so I've known them for a long time. And it's fun just to you know hang out every weekend. So, yeah. are you involved with Ogden Mustangs at all? Because I know they they've done pretty well, and those games are really fun to yes. go to. So. Yeah, we sponsor them uh, last year. The, no, sorry, the year before COVID, we brewed the Power Play Pilsner. Yeah, so uh, you guys made a beer with their logo on it. And, and that huh? was, yeah, we did the Power yeah. Play Pilsner, and it had their logo. And then we did the Top Shelf IPA, which was a high point. It had their logo. We carried it through 2020, about midpoint, but due to everything being shut down, lots of flavors just weren't moving, and we had to slow some down. Yeah. And we didn't do it this year just to, I mean, good. We got really busy with yeah. Son of a Peach and other flavors, our tanks. We're literally tied up for eight weeks. And to throw a Pilsner in there, that ties up the tanks for like six or seven. Uh, so we do want to do it again. Um, we did sponsor the Mustangs, and um, it's so much fun. If you guys haven't been up there, um, they're, they're way I fun. haven't made it up yet. You, I've wanted to fun. for years. You're like right I keep in the telling action. myself. I um, forget. They've got draft beer up there. It's kid-friendly. They play Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Sundays are in the afternoon. Um, it, it's the best local entertainment you can get, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Nice. Well, it's fun because the players can hear you, too. Yes. And, <laughs> and I heckled one of the goalies one did you? game. And I'd like to take a little credit for getting in his head because they kept scoring. I can't even remember <laughs> what I said. And I was with Nate. But it's it's just fun because he, you know, 
I said something and he looked back and and he interacted with you. So it's you know it's not professional. Yeah. But it's it's just more. I don't know. It's it's a fun it's atmosphere. It's kind of like the Raptors. Raptors. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. They're not you know quite MLB, but yeah, you can go over there and they'll hear you. Stay yeah, so. it's yeah. a blast. And it's a good fun. time. Yeah. 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 I love uh, both those locals. Either so much fun. How was it? So I want to ask on that real quick. Yeah. How was it with the Raptors? Was it? Were you in talks with them from the get-go on yes. where you're going to be and what your plan was and, like, were they inviting or were they like, no, everyone's going to see our game for free? It, like, you know. No, I met with Dave um, in last January and February, so Dave's the owner of the Raptors. Yeah. And I said, hey, Dave, this is one of the main points of my patio is to be able to watch the Raptors. Obviously, it's professional sports should never have to if, – if you're going to go watch a game, you've got to pay. They're, yeah, they're yeah. athletes. They need to make their rent. And so – by him keeping the advertisements off the fence, because usually the fence is covered with right, banners, right. right? So he can remove the banners, and then what we did is if you sit back there, it's $5 a person. That money goes straight to the Raptors. Cool. Because by him removing those banners, he's losing money. Yeah. Right. So you've got to find a happy ground. And, I mean, out of 10 people, two complain, but it's like you're watching a professional team. You can't do it for – name one yeah. thing you can do entertainment in the country yeah. for free. Exactly. Yeah. You, you yep. can't. Um, so – uh, if you do sit back there, it is five dollars a head, and that all goes to the Raptors, and that's because it's entertainment. So, but yeah. it, it worked out really good, and um, yeah, I've talked to Dave last week. We're going to have a meeting uh, the beginning of the year for possible some netting up there because we have some like overhead giant sunshades that would protect you. Right. But there's some areas that you know we're going to see what Ogden City wants to do, mostly for breaking windows and and stuff like that. But um, yeah. that's we're going to meet there. I remember hearing a rumor, and I don't know if this was still on your plans or not, but I remember hearing a rumor that you were talking about a bar or something off on a next floor up or the top floor when we opened this something. place a rooftop patio was definitely on the docket and in the future it, it may happen but i don't own the building i just rent the bottom floor right so i'd have to work with the building owner and um it, it's a very expensive undertaking because to get up there you're going to need utilities you're going to have to like um the support the the roof because you can't walk on it, so you have to build a whole new subfloor. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to have railings. You're going to have to have egress. Uh, it, you're talking a ton of money. Yeah. And so, obviously, opening a new business, you know, you don't have a ton yeah, yeah. of money. COVID hits, you know, you don't have a ton of money. And now we're just starting to get out of it. Um, so down the future, it, it's definitely a possibility. But it, I say it's not within a year or two. Just That's a, the financial burden it's, it would cost to do. That's so. the toughest thing about opening, like. I don't know how you thought about it when I opened, and my father is our contractor. Yeah. Not say anything about my dad, but it's expensive <laughs> to build. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially I did now. not have a mindset on what things cost. Like, bathrooms can cost you thirty grand, and you're like, where did that go? Yep. I don't even understand. Like, how much does this piece of stall <laughs> yeah. door cost? Like, it's just I can't wrap my head around it. No. So yeah, I understand like yeah, how that could take a while because like, like our kitchen, same thing. Yeah. I did not. I had no mindset on how much. I'm thinking I'm like, oh, it's like ten grand. No, it ended up being like fifty, and you're like, yeah. what the? That's crazy. Well, that's and crazy. what I learned is I'm like, oh, this building's already here. It's going to be cheap. Let's just throw yeah. some electrical. It's more money to do a retro on an old building than it is to do new construction. Yep. Just because it has, there's so many things that have to be fixed. Yes. So this building was like 1905, and so you've got the historic stuff, and then where we're at in Ogden, there's all these rules on like where you can vent things, and uh. then what's funny is when you lay it out, you've got a restaurant, you've got restrooms, you've got a kitchen, and you've got a brewery, so you've only got certain areas of the building where all your utilities can go through. So what I didn't realize is when we were drawing this up, you know, you go to an architect, they meet with a plumber, they meet with an electrician, and they all do their blueprints, and it looks great on paper. 
But then when you start construction, the plumber's here on Tuesday, yeah. and the plumber put his pipe right where the electrician's going to come, and he shows up on Wednesday, and he's like, well, his pipe's here. So now they got to do this, and then the HVAC shows up, and it's the same story because it's you have such tight constraints to yeah, work in, yeah. um, and it just snowballs from there. So yeah, construction a, was not fun because in an old building, you, you really just have to stay in this shell. Yep. Where a new construction, it's all built in the walls and are on the roof, and you can place things where you want. Yeah. Um, and it, so that's one thing I learned is... It's and most of the time with new construction, it's a blank slate, like you were saying. Yes. It's like, here's four walls, and we'll yep. do whatever you need to do. Yeah. We'll cut the concrete, we'll run the wiring, whatever you want to do. Or, yeah, you're working with, well, we've got to pull this old stuff out, we've got to move this around. Like, yeah, I we, can imagine. We hauled out that's probably 130,000 pounds of concrete and, and plaster off the walls. Holy cow. Yeah, How? It, how was that with Ogden City? Because, I mean, you're refurbishing a really awesome old building. Like, were yeah, they, they, were, they were was good. there any, like, for anyone that was that's listening that wants to do something with an old building, was there any, like, grants or anything you could apply for to help with some of it? Or did they offer any help no, at all? No, because or? I don't own the building. Right. Okay, If you sense. own the building, then there is, I think there's grants and things they'll do for older projects. Okay. Um, but as a tenant, I kind of just gutted the inside down to the brick yeah. and removed all that myself and then put in the new stuff. There. To mine, they're mostly concerned, like, when you're doing things to buildings, is the exterior. Yeah. Um, the interior, yes, you have to meet all the codes and, and all the stuff you do in a normal building. But, like, making changes, they're really concerned. If it's a historic building, there's a lot of rules on what you can and can't do on the outside of the yeah. building. So, That's crazy. And I yeah. think I was, I was asking that, too, because I feel like... I feel like COVID slowed this down, but I feel like you guys have like rehab rehabilitated this block. Like I've not rehabilitated, that's the wrong word, but like yeah. I feel like it's breathing life into it. Like yeah. there's not a whole lot that's really been on this block that I ever came down before. Now yep. I drive it all the time because I know you guys are down here. And so I feel like like I said, I think COVID slowed it down simply because people probably had plans to open other things and yes. then had to back off. And I'm sure now that we're getting somewhat back to normal life, you're gonna start having neighbors popping up and yeah, we've got hopefully th- other other yeah. entertainments or yeah, we got some small, but I think it's an attorney and then an architect next to us, and there is some room, uh, I think, in some of the buildings for other businesses. Uh, the thing we love is the the where most people park when they come to Ogden is across the street. So, like, if you come to Utah, we've got 700 parking spots across the street. Yeah, that's uh, nice. I go downtown, and sometimes I park three blocks away from where I want to go. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so that's one thing I love is anybody says, is there parking? Yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dude, did you, guys, did you guys get, was it a massacre in here on the, the Christmas lights event? It was That was yes. the craziest thing. Was that two Saturdays thing. ago? Yeah. We yeah. weren't busy. I wish we were busy, but... Uh, the parking down our street was slammed. The park everywhere around town. It was like any way to get in town was like a 20-minute wait. Yep. Bumper to bumper to find a parking spot. Yeah, it was. And people were getting kind of hostile and mad about it, and it was crazy. Yeah, it was very busy night. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's, I imagine you yeah. guys are walking distance. I imagine with the family with kids and coming in here, you yeah. guys probably got hit. Yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, what's the uh, what's the uh, Utah point two? Uh, Project? Are we? Are you planning on growth? Are you opening any beer stores anywhere? Or? We right now are focusing on just making our restaurant the best service, best food. That's our goal here. Yeah. And then on the brewery side, 
uh, distribution, distribution, distribution. Um, we have, we're with a distributor, distribution, um, distributor, sorry, from Kaysville North, and we have another one from Kaysville South. Right. And right now we've got beer in St. George all the way to the Idaho border. So really talking with, um, I want to get to Idaho, maybe Wyoming, and just really pushing the production. So we're in Kroger's, Fresh Markets, Mavericks, um, seven ski resorts, and around 70 bars and restaurants. Nice. And so... Um, you know, when we built this 7,000 square feet brewery, 3,000 restaurant, and we really want to get the quality of beer out there um, and just get that distribution going. So that's where we're focusing now. Down the road, we wouldn't be opposed to another Utah location. Yeah. Um, but right now, we really haven't had 12 months without a national pandemic or yeah. opening. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I want to get a little bit of traction and experience under my feet um, before we spread the wings in that. So Definitely. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's exciting. We're just getting the beer everywhere because that's like that's the biggest problem is like up here. Like I have a couple staff members that are like, they're in love with a certain like certain Keto's beers yeah. that you can't get all the way up here, and they have to drive all the way down. And so, yeah, yeah I think expanding it as much as possible with that, with as many flavors as possible, is definitely key. Yeah. Do you guys? I'm looking behind you right now. Uh-huh. Can I like fill up that big old can if I come in and buy that big can, and you guys seal it and everything? Yeah. So that it's a 64 ounce growler from Hydro Flask. So that's it's cool. super cold. You know, it'll keep your beers cold, and you can buy it. I think with a fill, it's 65 bucks, and then whenever you come back in, you can fill it. I think it's 14. Really? Um, obviously, you have to have food. Right. Um, right. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they're amazing. I've got two of them because I keep like, one at home and then one down here, so I can kind of just alternate yeah. when I yeah. go. And it for fresh draft beer. It's it's sweet. Like to go to a party or go camping, it, it holds it for at least a, three days. So that's awesome. Yeah, I can. Well, Carson, yeah. I appreciate you having us here. Yeah, uh, this is the first one we haven't. This is our done first mobile one. Oh, cool. At your location, at my store. Yeah. So uh, it's always fun coming to different places and seeing you know how things work. Um, if people want to reach you or follow UTOG, yes. what is the best way to do that? Um, our website, utogbrewing.com, so UTOG. Utah's, it's Utah Ogden, for those that wonder how we came up with that yeah. weird word, UTOG. And if you do it backwards, it's a go-to brewery. So, um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we got Instagram, um, Facebook. That's where we post all our daily specials and events. And then we've been working extremely hard to get online merchandise set up. Uh-huh. Uh, Jasmine, is. we should be turning it on within the next week for the holiday. Days. Uh, so that way, any of the merch you see here, um, the growlers, uh, you can order and it goes straight to your house. Um, nice. and so that's that's the easiest way to find us. If you want to contact me, just info at utahbrewing.com. Uh, that goes to me and all my GMs. Uh, we do private parties. We'll close the place down. We do brewery tours. Um, yeah, just let us know if you have an idea. And I've done a, one of my favorite things I've done is one of the local businesses here, a large business, we did like a beer tasting virtually. Yeah. So during the week, they had 100 employees come in and they each bought a little case. It came with six beers and a t-shirt. That's cool. And then when the week was over, the, the following Tuesday from six to nine, um, I just got on in the internet and over the like virtual Zoom meeting, or something. yeah, we tasted all the beers and talked about them and answered questions, and it was awesome. That's and that cool. was the company's idea. I didn't even think about it. So, like, if you can think of it, well, we can try to make it happen. So that reminds that's me awesome. of Gary V. That's how he got his dad's wine company off the ground. He just yeah. did the the 
like weekly episodes or nightly episodes, drank wine and had people come on. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a great Just idea. like you're doing here with this. It's, uh, yeah. it's one step in the right direction. It gets people out. It lets them listen, lets them watch. It lets them taste. So Heck yeah. well, great. I, I hope that we connected you to more people. Well, thank you. Um, I think it's awesome learning about what's going on in the state, specifically northern Utah and Ogden area. Um, I think we hit on some really good points on why this is an awesome place to live. Yeah. And hopefully that... Uh, not the the gondola or what, the what tram. The yeah. tram yeah. gets one installed. day gets built. Yeah, uh, someone that's listening, please <laughs> uh, that push that. Yeah, and uh, um, if you ever want to be on again, I think it's always fun following up with guests and yeah. kind of seeing you know from the time that we first interviewed you and then what's what changes have have, have happened and you know your growth and your struggles. It's always. Always good to put a person behind a company and and um, get more more personalized. I think, and, yeah, I enjoy and it. you know, not just a logo or something. Yes. It's an actual person running this business. So yeah, it, it's been fun. Yeah, thank you guys yeah. for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. no worries. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Yep. Yeah, bye bye. Bye bye.